welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news. And if you last along the way, I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. And I need to apologize first and foremost, I'm suffering from man flu, which is the worst thing ever, and therefore sound a little bit off, I think. How are you though, Connor? I'm doing all right. I'm about to do a lot better, depending on what your answer to this next question is. Oh, okay. Are you coming to the European Championships? Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, I said oh. I was going to look into it. Sorry. <laughs> I, completely I said I was going to look out over the weekend, and then the weekend was just re- really, really busy. Um, Probably. I need. To, I just need to have a proper look. I, I did I don't have know a if look. I don't know if there's tickets to, left now. Oh, okay. Right. I'll have to have a gander after. I'll have a gander straight after the recording this. Um, But I, I did have a look, and it was just the hotel. Like, everything else was quite cheap. Like, getting down there and everything. I'll have a look after this, unfortunately. But I'm, I, I know you're going. You've got two tickets, haven't you? I have. Me, uh, I think Lewis might be joining me. Nice. A uh, friend from home. And Baker Bulbasaur is going to be coming as well. It's okay. What is there at this this year's? Uh, is it uh, very similar to last time? In theory, it should be very similar to Worlds. It'll obviously be a smaller event, mm-hmm. but... I can imagine it being much the same. So you're going to have your dedicated um, Pokemon Poker Center is going to be yep. there. So there's going to be lots of stuff you can buy. There's going to be little side events that you can take part in. Uh, plus, obviously, the tournament for everything. Because as far as I'm aware, it is, once again, TCG, VGC, Pokemon Go, and Unite are all going to be there. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. I, I did watch it last time because uh, it was streaming on Twitch over on the... Uh... Pokemon's official Twitch channels, and it it was so much fun just to to watch. So even if I can't make it, I will definitely be watching it. Do it, do it. That's the, that's the plan. Should we jump into the news because we have so much to cover this week? Um, let's start with the Scarlet and Violet Save Bug update. Uh, so just a quick refresh for people. Last week we spoke about that there was apparently a game-breaking bug that was corrupting save files on Scarlet and Violet and what was causing that wasn't re- it wasn't clear to be honest with you. Some people reported it was buying the DLC, others saying it was certain Pokemon and trading mo- uh, trading over the postcards from Pokemon Go. So there's a whole host of of uncertainty. But, Connor, have you got an update on this? Uh, unfortunately not. It's, there's not a whole lot of information as of such. Uh, Game Freak themselves have not openly come out about this yet. We are still waiting for them to give us a full rundown. We do know that it is affecting a very limited number of people. So it's not, you know, not that it's nothing to worry about, but we don't, we would, we don't want to blow it up more than it is. Mm. That being said, there are a number of people who just aren't playing Scarlet and Violet at the moment. There have been reports of people missing out on like the Decidueye raids that are going on at the moment because they're too scared of losing everything they have. Yeah. And there are comments from people saying they're not coming back to Scarlet and Violet until at least Home comes out, which we still don't have a final date for. It still blows my mind that we are three months, close to four months, out from the release and still no home support. I and I just I don't like with BDSP. I kind of understood it in some way because it was built on the Unreal Engine, wasn't it? Rather than Pokemon's whatever uh, whatever they used um, 
to to build the games. So I can kind of understand that because it's like, okay, right, they need to probably figure out some of the links and you know the functionality. But this, I I, I don't know. And the only thing I can think of is the reason it wasn't there at live is because it wasn't a priority because they were busy with other things. And that now it's like, okay, right, now we've got a bit of time, we can start to work on this, which is a shame because what I would, what annoys me is when I complete the Pokedex and Scarlet and Violet, I'm like, okay, I'm spending time collecting these Pokemon that I know I have in home from a previous game that I just want to bring in. But just one of those things, unfortunately. Um, So yes, no no update as of yet, but we are getting a another patch in april mm-hmm. um mid april i believe <sighs> what that covers it's n- again it hasn't come out yet that that's going to solve the issues that we are seeing at the moment but we're gonna have fingers crossed at this point yeah he he is hoping i it's just a bit strange that i can't imagine that that april update <sighs> If there is, a, if this is a genuine issue and there is a fix for this issue, I can't imagine them waiting until April. But Game Freak does what Game Freak does, I, I, I guess, and who knows? We'll wait and see. Um, should we move on to other just <laughs> game-breaking features and issues with Pokemon? But this time with Pokemon Go. Do you know what? I I only realized <laughs> this morning that after starting this podcast. I I end up looking at all the bad things about. I used to love this game. I used yes. to think it was great, and now I see it every week, and I'm like, it's just plagued with issues, isn't it? But yes, yeah, so let's yes. get into Pokemon Go. <laughs> so uh, apparently, um, fans are furious um, after the reveal that the shiny Jirachi uh, event that you could pay four dollars ninety nine cents. Um, basically, the it, the shiny Pokemon wasn't ready at launch. Um, and I think what has angered fans even more is the fact that there is so much busy work, so much grinding involved in the research that not only have you paid for something that you can't get straight away, but then you have to jump through so many hoops to, to get it. And I just want to kind of touch on some of the actual research because it is a little bit overkill so step one catch 385 pokemon from the kanto region step two well actually still in step one you've then got to do that again for the johto and hoenn regions okay so that's gonna take a while step two uh have 10 best buddies again like i think i've got one best buddy it takes forever to do this and then uh, there's other things such as catching 10 kecleon spinning or doing things every day for 20 days there's just so much busy work which to be fair wouldn't bother me if i guess the rewards you got were you know representative of how much work you put in but like the the chances are the people paying for this are already close to max rank i'd say because you are that heavily invested in this game and the rewards you get are limited and again the the running theory at the moment is that the reason there's so much busy work is not because it was designed to be fun. It's designed to buy them some time to actually put the Pokemon in the game. Yes, because only the article I'm reading, that only three of the six um, research steps have been revealed. Step four isn't even out yet. 
So they are obviously just taking their time with this, which just... The the reason I, I was keen to report on this news and the other thing that we're going to touch on in a bit, because I don't want to be really negative Pokemon Go because I enjoy it for what it is, but I think... Since doing this podcast, I've started the the cracks have started to show a lot more, and I think that because early on in Pokemon Go, it was quite easy to just keep bringing people back in and keep people engaged because you could constantly run events to bring in new Pokemon. But they are getting to the point now where they are starting to run out of new Pokemon to throw in there. So what do you do? Well, let's start doing paid events. And, you know, if it was, you know, a couple of quid once or twice a year, maybe I would be inclined to take part in it. Or but if this is got- still part of the Pokemon Go Tour, yes. which we covered a couple of weeks ago, like their first event in that in, or one of their first events in uh, Nevada. where uh- That was it. Yeah. With uh, the Primal, uh, Kyogre and Groudon and the issues that, were, that plagued that. And I guess, like, my annoyance with this is, you are asking people to... You are getting people... No. You are offering extra stuff to people for a, for a paid amount, and it just seems like people are getting screwed over by this, and that's what I don't like about it. Like, if you want to spend your money, spend your money on whatever you want to spend it on. But what infuriates me is when people spend money on something, and... They don't it, even get what they're paid for. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that absolutely infuriates me me with this. And I guess, like, the annoyance is that... And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this later on, actually. Is around, like, you're, you're, you're basically paying money for digital assets. You don't physically get anything. And those digital things that you get, you're at the whim of a company that could just take them away, you know, it's, you know, snap of the fingers. Um, should we, let, let's move on to the... The other the elite, Pokemon Go the news. The other Pokemon Go news. <laughs> then we can kind of discuss it as a whole. So, um, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Drago, got there in the end, came to Elite Raids uh, earlier on uh, this week. And Explain for our audience what an Elite Raid is. What makes an Elite <sighs> Raid different? So, I haven't done one yet and <laughs> because of the the issues around them. But um, my understanding is it is a really powerful raid that you have to do in person. Uh, and you get notified, I think, 24 hours uh, ahead of the egg hatching. So the the whole premise is get a load of your friends, get to this one location for a certain time, battle a really strong Pokemon, and get really good rewards. In theory, sounds all right. Sounds like it should work, especially if you're in one of the big cities. Should be absolutely amazing. However, as as always, uh, played by glitches and problems that have prevented people from joining. Either the game restarting, inability to load the raids, getting kicked out from the raids. Uh, a lot of people have been just re- been reporting issues with this. Um, Niantic just did what they always do. The the issue is support online and give you an extra day or extra play time, uh, which okay, great doesn't doesn't really help, I, I guess, especially if you've spent time out of your day traveling to a location to take part in these. Now, poker miners uh, have apparently dug into this a little bit and found out that when the raid went live, some of the settings weren't even finished. Um, including model issues with Reggie Reggie. I, I can't. Why Reggie can't I say Drago. this? Reggie Drago. Why can't I say this Pokemon's name? Um, 
Apparently, it was also missing settings at launch, including camera and collision settings, proper model, scaling, uh, PV- PVP camera settings, all issues, apparently. And one last thing that they brought up was that apparently an hour before the event went live, Nantic apparently updated Hooper's assets instead of Reggie Drago's. And uh, apparently, the Elite Raids were, were briefly not... You couldn't join them. They despawned altogether, and there was just strange issues with other things, including the music. So, <laughs> they are your two bits of Pokemon Go news this week. And I guess the question for you, Connor, is what the heck is going wrong with this game? Um, like my it- my my initial thought has to be of. They're doing the bit where they try and get as much money out of their players as possible, so they're trying to get these events pushed out so they can earn from them, but aren't spending the actual time to make it work. It, mm. It's it's the Pokemon problem. It, yeah. What I'm going to deem is the Pokemon problem. We want money. <laughs> we're going to push things out quicker than they can possibly be done. Yeah. It's... Because there's no refunds on this stuff. No, that's another thing that annoys me with digital stuff, is you you don't you can't typically get refunds now it almost feels to me like um if this was any other game and it wasn't the pokemon franchise this would be almost end of the line you are into the last couple of years of the game you are trying to milk out as much money as you can out the the fan base and the players to then go right let's move on to the next big thing this is pokemon though which means that i don't think pokemon go is going anywhere anytime soon but now we're into that issue where they are constantly offering events paid events but i cannot for the life see them learning from the mistakes that are being made and improving on pokemon go and honestly i'm getting a little bit annoyed that before you know recording the podcast and you look up news and Pokemon Go week every week just seems to be in the news for one issue, one problem after another. Now, of course, this is not every player has had these problems. No. But it is widespread enough that we we have to report on it. We have to. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Just so people are A aware of it, but also just I think people would just be interested in our thoughts because I'm not uh, I play Pokemon Go as a, a free to play play it and you're you know, a filthy casual that's why i'm a filthy casual and some people could argue that i'm part of the problem because like if it you know what no i'm not part of the problem and you know why because back in the day when apps became a thing i used to buy loads of games they used to be you know 79 pence on, on apple and i had so much fun and you know what it's not my problem it's the developers problem because they thought because just games started to come out and go well they're free but we offer things that are ridiculous amounts of money like the amount of games that you jump into it's like oh you want to buy some gems to you know continue playing oh that'll be 80 pounds please like uh wait what you want me to pay more money than i would for a triple a game on a mobile game that in a couple of years time probably won't exist anymore no thank you um I guess my, I, I, I don't, it'd be interesting to know the people that we speak to in the comment section or email us, tweet us, however you want to do it. Like, have you paid for some of these 
events like what do you what do you get out of them are they are they worth worth your time do you enjoy them like why, why do you take part in them because i'm i'm really curious to know and maybe maybe this is me as a rural player maybe that's the issue here maybe the thing if is, it's- is well like now that pokemon go has become competitive mm. as in it it's at the world championships and stuff like that is this a problem the fact that you can pay to have effectively better pokemon and take part in events where you can catch pokemon like i don't again my my knowledge of the pokemon go competitive scene is not high but surely some of these legendary pokemon that you can catch are very rare and only available in these events so my my understanding from the last uh, from the world series that i watch is that some of the pokemon that are available there you could get those pokemon at any time however some of them had limited they had moves that were only available for a limited time Mm. so the problem is that moving forward you will have a set of players that can't run the risk of missing out on some of these because they might they might be competitively viable at some point and you maybe don't know until you actually get that pokemon or it's released there because what they typically do is you know a couple of weeks before you know, community day or whatever, they'll go, oh, you can get this Pokemon, and if you evolve it during this time period, then it will have a special move, or it has something that the regular version doesn't get. And I am under no illusion that's probably the same for the paid ones as well, and it does feel very much like any kind of, you know, mobile game where you have to, you're not paying to enjoy the game, you are paying to keep up with the competition. Yeah. And, and, I'm not and, and I think that. that's where the issue lies for me. Yes, yes. Because like, uh, I, d- I don't know if you're aware about this, but there's been some talk about a uh, Olympic esports, bringing esports mm. to the Olympics. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the games that they announced to be sort of uh, as part of the competitions were free-to-play loot box games. Oh, of course. And it's like, that's... You are you are already making the Olympics, which already isn't on a fair playing field anyway, even less fair. That just doesn't make sense. You can't you can't have competitive sports be paid to win. It's I, and I know there will be people out there going, "Well, have you never watched Formula One? Have you never watched the Olympics where they've just got better shoes and better bikes and better gear?" It's like, yes, I understand that, but. But I don't think that's it, right either. Like, I, I, should, I, you, I don't think that's right. But you, I think <laughs> loot boxes are on a whole nother level because yeah. it's an aspect of gambling. Well, like, that, it's this, not even a case of, oh, I've got the most money, I win. It's, I've got the most money to waste on yes. stuff I don't need, I win. And, and that is why certain countries, and I can't remember, I think one of them might be Belgium, off the top of my head, I've started to ban loot boxes from games. And I'm yeah. completely on board with that. I absolutely, I absolutely hate it. There, there are, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to go ranting down, down this. Do it. I will, Do it, you coward. We'll, <laughs> we'll probably come back to this. In, in, in tell you what, this ties in and leads in nice, nicely to Pokemon looking to jump into the metaverse. Should we move on to that one? Yeah, let's do that okay. one. So. The Pokemon Company has a job opening for someone with knowledge of Web three, including blockchain tech blockchain technologies and nft and or the metaverse now for those of you who don't know what these are because i'd imagine everyone knows what nfts are simply because of the memes okay but nfts non-fudgeable 
tokens, I believe it stands for, is basically a digital asset tied to you or a physical asset tied to you, but you have a, a license to that or proof that that is yours that is digitally viable, i.e. you can't lose it in a fire at home. So think of it, the, it, it, kind of the best way to think of it is that you own a house and you have a, a mortgage document for that that proves that you are the owner. So one way that NFTs could be used by that is that you you buy a house it's like okay here's your digital proof that you own that house it is secure within a blockchain which is a database that collects information in a block once it's filled up a second block is formed creating a chain and they're all linked and it repeats so basically those two working together basically means that you have an asset whether or not it's physical or digital but you have a digital proof that it is yours and of course us being humans decided, oh, what can we do about this? Ha ha, funny memes as images. And the joke is that, well, it's an NFT, but I can just right click and copy it. And I have that image now. So like NFTs, there is viability in that within the digital space, i.e. Pokemon company, digital trading cards. And you go online, you buy a set of cards, and there's a there's a one Charizard card that's only available to one player. They own the NFT for that, and therefore it can't be copied, it can't be hacked. Like it is proof that I own this one one this one card that is limited. Um why do I think they've gotten into this space? Uh, well, apparently in December last year, the Pokemon Co- Pokemon Company filed a lawsuit against Pokemon PTY Party maybe limited so it was an australian company advertising its unlicensed nft game poker world under the name kotiota studios i believe so my thought on this is the pokemon company has seen oh someone else is doing this let's get in on this and try to make some money they're not the only ones uh one of the bigger uh one of the big uh game companies that i know of that is heavily jumping into uh blockchain games is square enix they have multiple um, mobile games in development, and I think they have some live, but don't quote me on that, um, where basically you jump in, you, you you use currency, whatever that might be. So it could be uh, physical cu- uh, currency that you pay via PayPal. It could be Bitcoin. So there's all manner of different physical and digital currencies that you can use to buy things. What this basically means, Pokemon has seen uh, an opportunity uh, to get into the NFT um, gaming space and they want to jump in on it i've rambled for a lot connor what are your thoughts on this okay i'm gonna push back on you really okay. quite hard here Go for because it. you have compared nfts to a house and a deed the problem with that is if you buy a house sure you get a deed that proves you own the house but you also get a house yes so 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 an nft they- you get a hyperlink not a picture. Yeah. You get a hyperlink to a website where a picture is stored. Now, that website can go down. Yes. That picture can be removed. That picture can be replaced. All you have is proof that you own a hyperlink. It is garbage and it is worthless. So, at least, let go me on. finish. Okay. <laughs> let me finish. I'll let you ramble. Let me ramble. <laughs> At least that's how it's being used at the moment. Yes. This technology has a lot of potential. Yes. The blockchain as it stands has room to grow and has very valid uses that could be put into place. Unfortunately, people have seen it and people have 
people have looked at it the same way that they've been looking at cryptocurrency, which is mm-hmm. it's a way to make money. That That's the issue I have with cryptocurrency. That's the issue I have with NFTs at the moment is that, yeah, there could be uses for them, but there aren't at the moment. Yes. And as such, the only people interested are those trying to get rich quick, which I, means that it, for me, they hold no value. Yes. The same way as like, you know, I, I don't I don't buy artwork for the sake of owning artwork. I don't go into the speculative market, even like Pokemon cards and stuff like that. You could argue that, you know, they're only worth so much because people put value to them. Well, yes, that's true. They're only like a, a shadowless Charizard is only worth what it is because of the value that we as Pokemon players assign to it. However, you buy that, you've at least then got that Pokemon card. Yeah, you know, I, you you have that. a thing. Yes, you have a thing. You have a thing. So I I'm I'm always of the mindset that I prefer physical things. That is just me. I try to avoid buying digitally where possible, unless it is the last option or for sake of convenience, or it is a lot cheaper. But for the most part, I prefer physical things, mainly because I've learned the lesson that with digital things, there is a chance that that I be taken away from you. You are effectively taken, renting. Yes. Yes, you you are rented. Like, don't do not for a second think that okay, I've got a Nintendo Switch and I've bought the last ten Pokemon games digitally and that I own them. You you don't own them. Like at any point, Nintendo could turn around and go, yeah, we're taking them off because licenses with publishers have expired. Uh, if you want an example of this, look at Rock Band. So Rock Band, for those who don't know, is is kind of like Guitar Hero. It's a rhythm based game that you can download uh, songs for that game to play. Now, all sounds well and good. However, uh, those songs, eventually the licenses lapse. So if you bought them and still had them on your um, Xbox or PlayStation at the time, you could, you could continue playing them indefinitely. If you went, oh no, my Xbox has died, I need to buy a new Xbox, and you then go to download the, the DLC that you paid for, you couldn't. It would turn around and go, yeah, we know you paid for it, but the license has expired, and therefore you cannot... You you can't download it because, like you said, Connor, you you're renting. You're not you're not buying this now. I do see that if this system was done right, there is there is a I don't want to call it a benefit. There there is an option there that some people might enjoy. So I'm thinking, for example, if you had you know the the trading card game online and people could then you know buy cards with their money and then they could sell them on to other people and you use NF- the NFT system to make sure that, okay, we know that there are, you know, 20 Charizards out. I don't know why I keep going back to Charizard because it's, it's just the card everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, it's, it's the card everybody knows. It's, yeah. we, we know it's worth a lot. There are 20 Charizards out there. There are, there are seven on the marketplace and we know that 13 are held by different people and we know that, you know, the, the seven that are on the marketplace are going for X amount of cost and we as a developer will take you know, a transaction, the transaction, we will take a profit from that. I I personally don't agree with that. I think it should be physical, but I can see how it would work digitally. Um, Oh, that's a very good point. So I I actually hadn't considered them releasing a market. Yeah. That's actually probably exactly what they're going to do because they've had a look at the secondhand market and gone, why are we not 
making anything off this. Exactly, because you can't make money unless you can't make money off the secondhand market unless you own the secondhand market. So if they suddenly got in on, uh, you know, the Pokemon company turned around and said, "Okay, we're buying eBay," like that—that's how they would then get a profit from secondhand Pokemon card sales. But because they don't have an input in that. It means that if you then, and it's the same the same reason why for quite a while game developers made it so that, um, you know, if you bought a game firsthand, you would get some kind of incentive for buying it firsthand, usually, you know, some kind of, you know, skin or something like that because the secondhand games market, they don't get any cash from that. Yeah. Um, and, and then you get EA who pushed it too far and said you can only play online if you buy it <laughs> brand yeah. new. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I can understand why the Pokemon company could do this. And there are there are benefits. There are absolutely benefits to if this system works, because you could have it where, okay, so you, Professor Hoenn, have um, you know, purchased DLC and you've got a skin in Scarlet and Violet. Well, because you've got all these other games in place, you can transfer that skin to the other games to use it in Unite. Unite's a bad example, but you could use it in Pokemon Go as, a, as an avatar, whatever it might be. Oh, you no longer want that? Well, that's absolutely fine. You can you can sell it to somebody else. They then get the NFT for that, so you can no longer use that skin in your in your suite of Pokemon games. But the person that, that has now bought it from you, they now have that. There, If this is implemented correctly... There, I, I, you know, there, there is some usefulness in this. Don't get me wrong; I'm still not a huge fan of. There's a lot of questions there as to, you know, them just taking it away from you or shutting down servers or just going, you know, what we're banning you and therefore you no longer have access to that. Like, there was a lot of, you know, gray lines and issues there that I don't like. But there, there, there are advantages to doing this. I. I think it's going to cause more issues than it will more than likely. anything else. Yeah. I think the thing is with NFTs specifically, you say they became a meme. They became like a little bit of an issue, really. Like there was, as you say, companies like Square Enix got involved. There were a lot of companies who were like, we're doing NFTs and then immediately got backlash from their fans and went, don't worry, we're not doing NFTs anymore. Never mind, yeah. ignore that. Because people, people have seen NFTs as a scam. Because that's yep. what a lot of them were used for. They were all pump and dump systems. They were a case of like, right, oh, we're going to do this. It's going to be worth loads. And then loads of people buy into it before it even releases. And then it all gets it gets rug pulled. Everything gets pulled out before it even gets built. And the thing is, sure, Pokemon probably wouldn't do a rug pull. But you're then, what, incentivizing children to get into stocks and trading? <laughs> Which is... For lack of a better word, I don't care if you're the best stock exchanger in the world. It's gambling. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Right? Nobody nobody knows whether a stock is going to go up or down. Nobody knows if an NFT is going to be worth something in years and years' time. And sure, you can argue that, well, the speculative market of Pokemon cards has always been the same. Yes, but Pokemon has never directly had a hand in that speculative market, other than, you know, making cards rare and... That's that's a whole thing that we could go into. And Pokemon cards technically are gambling because they're all loot boxes anyway. It, do you see what I mean? It just <laughs> opens it, yeah. up such a bag of worms that it it's, does. Just just stay away from it. Just stay away from it, please. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with you that I'd I'd prefer them not to do this. I I get that this is just another way for them to. It's an opportunity for them to make money. And as a business, obviously, you know they they have to 
pursue that they would be getting pressure from whoever's at the top to go yeah we need we just got to make more money because it's capitalism we got to make as much money as we can um i i personally cannot see this going anywhere anytime soon mainly because of just how big pokemon is that it is just i just imagine it being so unruly trying to get all these different systems communicating with one another that i i i honestly think that you know, this job opening they've got, someone will come in, look at it and go, yeah, no, <laughs> like your systems are so old and, uh, you know, databases don't communicate with one another that actually it's just not going to be worthwhile. I I think that is going to be what happens, but I'm interested to see where this goes. Don't necessarily agree with it, but but it's interesting nonetheless. Again, there's there's nothing saying specifically like this is the route they're going down. They just advertised a job role yes. that said we'd like you to have experience, which might be a case of we just want you to be able to see where other people are using our assets. Yeah, potentially, very possibly. Who knows? We we I I do want to come back to this one in the future, but it wouldn't surprise me if we hear nothing for a very long time. Should we move on to the reason I'm giggling? It's just it's just more negative use, but this time it comes as 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 a result of a person and not Pokemon. I think the Pokemon company has handled this quite well. But uh, a Pokemon judge receives a lifetime ban following harassment of transgender players at a uh, was it the Vancouver Regionals last last weekend? Um, so from what I understand of this, uh, a number of players were asked um, to have a selfie with the judge who, you know, just started out just talking to them normally. However, it it basically devolved into this judge insulting them. Yeah, um, expressing why he didn't believe they passed for females. Yes. Which, like, passing is a whole thing within the trans community. There are people who do and people who don't and that's understandable you know there are people at different levels of transition that's that's the way it is but yeah by the sounds of it, there's quotes like uh you have a manly face uh yeah that's just the, not something you say to someone you have a boyish build the the, the more I, I read into this it is just it just sounds like this this person has just taken it upon themselves just to go i'm i'm just going to be an absolute if i could swear i'd use the c word to, like, Oof, yeah they yeah uh, they just want to be a they just want to degrade people whether or not they take joy in that i don't know but it sounds uh, from the, the news article basically the judge didn't leave them alone and kept following around harassing them um in terms of what the the you know do, so the news article I've got here basically it doesn't go into great detail but the moment that um the Pokemon company was aware of this they took swift action so good on them the judge has been banned rightly so um and I I think one positive from this I'd probably say is just that it just shows that the Pokemon community is massive and it's open to everyone regardless of you know circumstances beliefs what gender you are and i think that's a a really good thing and it just annoys me that there's always one idiot who ruins it yeah and you know it it brings up a you know uh it brings up a good point of how much training should judges be given 
especially if they're going to be dealing with lots of different people. You know, I I assume to be a judge, you have to have your equivalent of CBT. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd imagine so. I hope so. That is what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, see, I can't. I don't know what it stands for. I've got a CBT. Um, I don't know what it stands for though. For the, but, because we're British, we we would know it as that. That's basically to say, hey, I'm safe to work around children. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, yeah. You know, should there be some kind of acceptance training, as it were, which is not unheard of. These things exist. I know people who work within uh, governmental positions and government roles who have to do exactly that. It's like you work with people from all works of life. You must learn to deal with them, regardless of race, gender, religion, whatever. This is how you approach people. Just mm. don't be a knob. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's simple pretty as much, that. Yeah, yeah. Just just be nice to people. It's not hard. Just be nice to people. And you know what? If you come across someone and you think, I, I, I don't like them, uh, you know, there are valid reasons not to like people. Just walk away. Just go, no, no, I'm not dealing with this. But if it's part of your job, well... You know what? Sometimes you have to put up with these these things. Um, I'm not talking about the transgender community. I'm talking about like people just being idiots as part of your job. But unfortunately, it's part of your job. You just have to kind of deal with it as best you can and figure out a way from there. Um, but, but when yeah, it's part of your hobby, it's different. Yeah, when it is part of when your hobby. When you're paying to be part yes. of an event, not the other way around. Yeah, and I, I do feel sorry that these people have gone along expecting to have a good time and then they have to do there's always one idiot at any event that you go to you just think what you do like what is your life like do you get joy out of this i, I don't know um but yeah right right so that the judge got a got a lifetime ban yeah let's move on to uh the pokemon anime. someone so someone who almost well do we do we want to cover the sad side before we cover the new bits go on then what's, somebody what's the else who side? almost got a lifetime ban from youtube who? What? Well, because that's what a copyright strike is. Buddy. Oh, is that what? Right, okay, that's what we're jumping onto. That's absolutely fine. So, um, so Pokemon <laughs> anime YouTubers have been played by copyright claims from Sh- ShowPro. The producer of the anime has been hitting accounts with copyright strikes. One of the uh, more prevalent ones was uh, Pokefurlax. Pokefurlax, I believe. Pokefurlax who has 121,000 subs, uh, gotten two copyright claims as of recording this. And two copyright strikes. Strikes, that's it, yes. Very specifically strikes. Now, for clarification, strikes are bad. A claim is just like a company has said, money. hey, we own some of that. We want all the money from it. Okay, yeah. fine. A copyright strike will take your channel down after three. Yeah. So if that is your regardless of if it's a hobby or job it's basically stopping you from doing what what you enjoy uh now pokefurlax removed all the videos bar two and is very adamant that they were only using stills from the anime so not videos not audio literally just pictures and uh you mentioned connor before this the before we started recording that this is a manual process because they got hit with two uh copyright strikes within within a couple of hours was it yeah so they effectively got hit by one strike and a bunch of their videos got claimed and then a few hours later they got hit by another strike so it very much seems like somebody has sat there and manually gone through and gone yeah we don't like that we don't like that so and it's it's rough because you know this is somebody who is passionate about the anime 
and wants to share their thoughts on it as it as it's released. Yeah. I think the issue they have is obviously stills were used. Now fair use is a kind of difficult one to get around even in US law where it's a thing. In Japan, that straight up just doesn't exist. Fair use isn't a thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it becomes a bigger issue when you're dealing with a Japanese company. Now, sure, stills are better than using footage. It's not like they're one of these channels who have gone around and just uploaded the entire episode (laughs) the day it's released, which we all know it exists, okay? Mm -hmm. But realistically, there is no legal way to watch those episodes outside of Japan. There just isn't. It's not available online. You can't you can't stream it anywhere. We don't get those channels over overseas. So I think the reason they've done these copyright strikes is saying like, you know, the only way you could have got these images and the only way you could have watched this and had this review is by stealing it. Now, again, this comes down to a thing of legally, yes. Morally, whose fault is that? <laughs> mm. Yeah, like make it available for other countries. And I, I get that there'll be you know red tape and stuff that maybe prevents that or slows it down. But like this is just. But like, other animes have it. Crunchyroll yeah. has simulcast for so many anime. They're out in Japan, and then boom, they're up online with full subs. There aren't even subbed versions of the Japanese anime. There aren't official subs of the Japanese anime. The mm. only ones that exist are fan subs. Oh, really? I yeah. wasn't aware of that. Yeah, that's how that's how ridiculous. That's how far behind they are. <laughs> it's, which, it's, which again, they, and and instead of fixing that problem and addressing an audience who are clearly there, who really want to watch the stuff as and when it comes out, instead they're just like, no, we're just going to copyright strike you instead. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to say that not only do we not agree with you watching our stuff, we're not going to allow you to watch our stuff, and we're going to destroy your income yeah. for trying to convince other people to watch our stuff. I'm sure this will all work out because Team YouTube have has responded saying, "Hey, we're taking a closer look." Uh, they can't do anything. can't know exactly. Like it's absolutely infuriating that. This has happened, and and this this isn't the first time that's happened. Like YouTube, uh, I I'm not monetized, but I have watched enough videos from people that are big in YouTube to know that the the YouTube claiming system is an absolute joke. And yeah. So basically, the way it works is a company says, "Hey, we own what's in your video. I don't like it. Take it down." And then you can dispute that, but the dispute goes to the company who sent it to you. So the company can go, oh, yeah, no, we were wrong, which does occasionally happen. They yeah. can go, oh, yeah, no, fair enough. It was it was an automatic claim. I agree with you that you probably shouldn't be taken down for that. Or they can go, no, screw you, pay me. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and, then, and then you can take it further. But if you take it further, then y- you risk, if it's a copyright claim and you take it further beyond the initial dispute, you risk it becoming a copyright strike. You actually risk it escalating to where it is at the moment. So there's not a lot of recourse when it comes to these kind of things, especially through YouTube. And as I say, the the eventual decision does come down to the company that's put the copyright claims slash strike on your channel. 
which in this case, they're not going to lift that because as we say, somebody's done it manually. So somebody has gone, no, we don't like this. We're going to take you down for it. And your your next course of recourse is what? Court? You want to go to court? You want to go to court with Game Freak? You want to go to court yeah, with Showpro? Good, good, good luck, luck winning that one. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's unfortunate because it does lead you down the, the, the avenue of, well, either you, you, you can't fight it. Like, just physically, mentally, it's going to be draining, but also the cost of against going to against such a, a big company. It's just it's not going to happen. And chances are, you know, you're going to have to go to, I don't, I don't know, would it be a Japanese court? Would it be an American court? Like, and the, the issues in terms of what is legal here isn't legal over there and vice versa. And One would assume it'd be American court because it's YouTube, which is an American company. Okay. Which, yeah. It, it, it's where it gets messy. Yes. And it is messy. And there's no two ways about that. Um, it comes down again, though, because remember, not too long ago, and I say not too long ago, it was literally within the last couple of years that playing Nintendo video games online was okay. Like, they used to copyright claim anything to do with their games. You weren't allowed to play through them online. You just weren't. You weren't allowed to do it on Twitch. You weren't allowed to do it on YouTube. It's only really since, I think, 2018 was when they finally stopped being difficult about it and then they had the whole like nintendo um partner program which oh yeah had its own issues that it's not worth us getting into but you gotta you gotta question like why why do they not see the value yes in community yeah yeah well that because like for me like if they were uploading the full video, like, fair play, like, copyright strike them, take them down. Like, I've used I've used videos of the, from the Pokemon anime in YouTube videos before, and mm-hmm. because I couldn't get them legit, I went to YouTube, and, like, they always, they always do the same thing where whoever this YouTuber is, they'll put their watermark in the corner. I'm like, I'm not... I'm not thanking you. I'm not putting you in the <laughs> credits because, like, it's not yours. You are you have stolen it from from a, a company for the purpose of making money. I guess yep. the only other argument is, oh, I'm archiving them for you know historical purposes. But let's be honest with you, we don't need you to do that. Like, and again, and, and, when you're talking about uploading parts of the video, you're talking about you know you're using it to illustrate a point. Yeah, it's a case of like, oh, we're specifically talking about this thing that happened in this anime episode, which I have to show you so you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, which is is, is again kind of falls under fair use depending on what you're using it for. Yeah, yeah, and like this person, my understanding was literally just sharing stills just to review the anime, which like as a company, surely you would go, oh wow, this person is reviewing our our videos and maybe that'll get more people interested in watching the anime and you know what if they talk about it negatively then chances are like the way we talk about the anime sometimes of oh yeah maybe we should have you know done the done that episode in a different way but the fact that they are like i just don't get what the benefit to the company is of this outside of their misguided attempts and thoughts of we're protecting our intellectual property it's like you're not though like i don't get why you think you're protecting your intellectual property because 
this person isn't making they're making money but they're 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 not making money from they're not taking money away from you by stealing from your money does that make sense like i could understand if you if i could understand them going after companies that or people that upload their episodes because that could be seen as taking money away from the company because they're watching it on youtube rather than paying a service if a service exists but like there's there's no overlap between the money that poker poker Furlax was making and what Shopro was making from the anime there's no overlap like this person was just reviewing your episodes and using stills to illustrate what they were talking about this is so infuriating yeah i think the issue you've got is that copyright is a difficult one and because the laws are basically, if you don't defend it, you don't have it. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's the way it works. You, ha- you have to defend a copyright. Yeah. So if you want to keep intellectual property, you need to fight for it. And unfortunately, that means that some of the fights that get picked aren't necessarily ones that the, the mass audience agree with. I was watching a great uh, YouTube video about you know, we've talked before about why don't Nintendo adopt the Sonic approach. Yeah. It was it was covering that of like why it why does Sega allow fans to use Sonic? Because they don't allow fans to use Bayonetta in the same way. You know, there are other Sega properties that don't get the same Sonic treatment. So why is Sonic so different? And it breaks down the idea that, well, actually, Sega is not just Sega, it's Sega Sammy. And Sammy is a producer of uh Pachinko machines, which are effectively the legalized gambling in japan which doesn't have the greatest reputation so what they do is as sega sammy they allow the the wider public the audience to use sonic to bolster the image of the company as a whole so that they can bury away uh some of their shadier stuff that they do not shady it's completely legal yeah but less you know gambling is not as family friendly shall we say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, so the idea is that, you know, Pokemon and Nintendo already have that reputation, so they don't have to worry about it, so they can protect their IP. Right. The the IP itself is more valuable to them than the reputation, whereas with Sonic, you know, the games actually don't make that much money for Sega in comparison to everything else, so the reputation is worth more than the IP. Oh yeah. dear, this is it just, <laughs> it's just not good, is it? It's just it, it, like ah, oh, it's just it, it's infuriating. And I think the reason why I'm so infuriated by this is that as someone that does this as a hobby, who hopefully will start to be able to make money on YouTube quite soon, you are just at the mercy of companies and just like there's nothing to stop, you know. Game Freak Nintendo, just Pokemon Company turning around in a few months' time and going, yeah, we're just going to claim anything without content in it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Should we move on to something better? Something happy? Something fun? Please. (laughs) Yeah! Let's move on to the new Pokemon anime. The stars, Liko and Roy, are getting their own manga series. Uh, It's going to be weekly, is it? I've written down weekly, but I swear I, I, I... saw monthly um starting the 14th of april art looks absolutely fantastic the art do you is like gorgeous. it gorgeous oh i love it see i'm Absol- not a fan of the art style oh how come i don't know their faces just look a little bit like squished 
I can I can see that, but I think that's what I kind of find endearing about it, and just I you know what you know what my issue is. I love v- bright, vibrant things, so this is exactly up my alley. So I'm just looking at it, go, oh, pretty colours, and I like it. Yeah, that's fair. It's monthly. It's monthly Korokoro that will be coming right. out in. Um, this will probably be pretty good. I don't know if you've ever read the Pokemon Adventures manga before. I I haven't read it, but I have seen screenshots, and I know that it's it's it, phenomenal. Yes, it's, it's actually really good. The stories are great. The characters are fantastic. The action is surprisingly good. I look forward to seeing what they do with this. Yeah, I am as well. So the 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 current manga does that follow Ash or is it a, a different? No, it follows. Well, it follows a bunch of characters. It initially followed Red. Um, right. and then we had yellow as the protagonist and then it's kind of updated with every single game. So we get the new set of protagonists every single time. Okay. I like that. Is that going to be, so is this, is this going to replace that? Do we think? Or... I think so. I think that's the point is this right. is going to, Ooh, I will double check that. But yeah, I believe so. It make it makes sense. I guess if they do, you know, cycle through the protagonists. And I think one thing that I, I I haven't I haven't um read the manga but from what I just my knowledge of it my collective knowledge that you just gather just from memes or reading things on online or watching um, watching things on YouTube is that it felt a lot more grown up and it could cover things that maybe the audience's attention span wasn't there for because manga you typically you know you read an issue after issue after issue the anime especially if you're a child like you might not watch them all in the correct order and therefore you just have to have episodes that typically are one and done and you know by the end of the episode not much has really changed from the beginning of an episode whereas the manga you can do a lot more with it i really should get into into the manga i really should start start reading it it's worth picking up. It's it's a good it's a good read. I've only read through the first season or so until Yellow came into the picture. So not very far into all the stuff that there actually is out there, but I enjoyed what I enjoyed what I read. Good. Shall we move on to the the new anime uh and uh Professor Freed's crew? Let's do it. The Rising Vault Techers? I, I read it as the Rising Vault Tacklers, but I've got it here as Rising Vault Techers. That's right. That's what I've got as well. So we uh, introduced to a bit of artwork about the the four people. Um, should we attempt to butcher their names? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first, then we'll cycle through. Yeah, so I'll do the, the train. I say trainer. Um, uh, the, me- the mechanic lover who partners with Metagross. Uh, so, hold on. Anya, Oreo. Oreo is the name of the the character, but it's voiced by Anya Sakura. Anya Sakura. Yeah. Okay, right. So there we go. Do you, do you want to swap this? Do you want to do the character names and I'll do the voice <laughs> sure, actors? Sure. Yeah, that, that, I'm good. That, I'm good with that. We've got Mid um, uh, Murdoch, who is the chef who partners with Rockruff. We have um, Molly, the name of my wife, funnily enough, who partners with Chansey. She's a Pokemon healer. And then we have um, Randu, Randau, Randau, who's an older fisherman with a great beard, who isn't partnered with a Pokemon in the artwork. However, has a very, very close resemblance to Drampa. Yeah. 
and of course, we get a closer but, look at the ship. Yeah, which, which, oh, I, I as a as a fan of Final Fantasy, growing up, I am all on board with these kind of blimp airships that are powered via wind. Like I, oh, this this is rise up my my street. This is. Yeah, I'm a big steampunk fan, so I, I quite like it. It looks a little bit over-designed if I had to be nitpicky, mm-hmm. but I like mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah, I, I do as well. I also like the idea that we're getting, basically, for lack of a better term, Sky Pirates. Although Sky not Pirates, really pirates straight up. But like, I, am, I am on board with this. I love the fact that you, you, we, we, some of the partner Pokemon we, we are getting as well just... The Pokemon they've got, other than the healer, I guess, don't really like. You wouldn't partner those those trainers with the Pokemon, and I'm yeah. Glad- Chef and a Rockcraft don't. But I'm glad they've done that because, like, obviously, there's a story there, and I'm looking forward to seeing these partnerships and seeing them develop. Like, I'm getting really good feelings about this anime. I, yeah, it's going to be different. Yes, it's, it's very distinctly different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm re- I am really looking forward to it. So the the idea that they're going to be flying around, obviously, that's dr- as a way to get them from A to B, it makes sense. I can't help but feel that one of the reasons they've done this maybe is production costs, because you know, doing a sky background while they're talking and flying and all that probably takes makes a, sense. Lot less time intensive than drawing backdrops of cities and clouds and backgrounds you could probably reuse quite a bit and no one would probably like clue into it because your attention is on the foreground and the characters and the conversations and the interactions um so from like a design point of view i love it from a resource management point of view i it makes sense i'm completely on board with it like i yeah i'm just really looking forward to this anime to the point where you could you could drop the the protagonist the the children and i would happily follow a show about freed and his crew well this is what i was just thinking these aren't children no these are adults are they gonna have full adult style story arcs yeah are they going to be as involved in the story as our main characters or as side characters have before i think back to like sun and moon where you had the um like the school posse yeah and each of them although side characters had their own storylines and stuff that went through are these going to fill the roles because there's a big difference between having adult stories and child stories again in sun and moon we had professor kukui and professor burnett getting married and that whole thing plus kukui was surprise surprise the masked royale wait what Uh, yeah i know spoilers (sighs) um (laughs) it would be interesting to see what they do with these characters Mm. i like the designs for most of them again not not a big fan of murdoch's hairstyle uh the fork and knife on his head do put me off a little bit yeah but everyone else i really like uh yeah i do i do as well and it's like they they actually do feel like some of the three of the four of them are voiced by people that voice characters in my hero academia and i don't think that's a surprise that like looking at these, especially the healer and the mechanic, they do feel like they you could just drop them into the My Hero Academia universe and they would just yeah. like slot in. You wouldn't go, oh, they're actually from Pokemon. They 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 look like they belong in that universe. Um But yeah, I'm just I'm really just looking forward to seeing 
where this show goes and the more the more is revealed the more questions i have but in a kind of oh i'm optimistic they are going to answer these questions and they have planned this out and it isn't just like the anime for better or worse sometimes could feel like it's almost okay they had a deadline to meet and it's all right okay what can we do for the story of this episode just to kind of get an episode out there. And the more I'm seeing about the new anime, the more I'm feeling like they do have an end goal in mind with this before they've even started. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be good fun. And if you're in Japan, you can watch it as of April the 14th. And if you're anywhere else, don't tell anyone you're watching it, otherwise ShowPro will come after you. <laughs> they, will, they will come after you. Let's move on to Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, where, is, where we discuss three episodes each week and our thoughts on them. And the first episode is episode 13. The the future is now, thanks to strategy. And we're over in Kalos, where Go and Ash uh, travel to Luminos City. And we get a preview of next week's episode as Drasna is is interviewed about her upcoming battle against Ash. So this is kind of a two-parter. In some ways... It's kind of a three-parter, technically. Technically, yeah. It is really strange, isn't it? How these three kind of... There are elements that merge into one, but they're not straight sequels, I I guess. But this one follows Ash doing a little bit of training with support from uh, old traveling companion, Clement. Yeah, good old Clement. Clement and Bonnie. You didn't do X and Y, did you? I didn't, know. So Clement and Bonnie are... They're they're a good bunch, actually. Clement is uh like I didn't watch it all the way through, but at least at the beginning he kind of abandoned his gym, left it to a rogue AI, effectively. Oh really? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and was traveling the world because he didn't think he was good enough to be a Pokemon gym leader, and instead just wanted to shape the future with his inventions. And okay. uh, that's where the the future is now things comes from, because that was that was his phrase. The future is now, thanks to science. Oh, I like that. So it's a little. So they tweaked it slightly with the strategy in the uh, in the title. What I quite so just to kind of set the scene. So during the training, Surfetched is uh, it starts to it gets an aura around itself, and it, it seems to be like everyone's kind of clueless about this, and yet Surfetch just keeps trying to like thrust forward and force this aura through and um is he i think it's um is he i'm trying to remember who who tips ash off that that, that he's, he's trying to learn meteor assault so they they end up researching online clement ends up looking online i assume he's checking out bulbapedia and being like ah it's oh, it's, it's it's meteor not meteor mash i keep wanting to call it meteor mash meteor what's it, it called meteor, meteor strike. assault meteor, meteor assault. assault there it is yeah yeah you figure out it's called that, and that the issue it's having, why it's not successfully pulling it off, is because when it evolved, the weight in its leak changed, so it started being bottom heavy instead of top heavy. So he can't balance the bio energy, infinity energy that's flowing through it correctly until Dracovish bites Dracovish. the end of it. Of all things, Dracovish, like this is a friendship I did not see forming. Like these two. Who like for those that maybe just listened to this and haven't watched the anime, Dracovish is arguably one of my favorite Pokemon simply because it is so silly. 
Like, the yeah. games don't do justice just how weird this Pokemon is because it's an amalgamation of basically two extinct Pokemon into one, and it's just a little bit just... It's a monstrosity, weird. is what it, it is. is. <laughs> it is, but in the friendliest way possible. I um, mean, it says Dracovish, but all I hear is, KILL ME! End <laughs> <laughs> my pain! And my suffering. <laughs> it's great so, that they play up the whole like fish angle a bit, though, because like it, it bites on the end of the leak, like a lure, and then the next episode as well, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's hairs flapping around. It it yes. just likes the wiggling, like a <laughs> yes, fish would in the water, like fish." Yeah, exactly. And with and thanks to Ash and Dracovish's support, uh, Surfetch is able to um to get to he's able to figure out how to use this attack. Um, and during this, we also get a, um, a practice battle. It's not official between, um, uh, Ash and I keep forgetting his name. Clement. Clement. Um, and Ash asks for a double battle. And of course, because Dracovish is involved, it doesn't get off to the best start. Uh, <laughs> get, uh basically it gets in the way of, uh, its teammates meteor assault. But it does eventually make up for it, but just by absolutely wrecking Diggersby with Dragon Rush. Yeah, um, those Dragon Rush because it copies Meteor Assault. That's it. And it it's just, a weird explanation for it, but I'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, And while all this is going on, we follow Go, who's attempting to catch a Froakie. And um, meets up with Bonnie, who then comes back. And that's basically it. The whole premise of this episode is... Okay, Ash's Pokemon that he's going to use in the next episode need a bit of a training montage ready f- to take on Drasnit. Yeah, that is that is the extent of it. Like, they do the whole, like, uh, I'm going to put balls on you so we can do motion capture and oh, figure yes. out exactly what's going on. But yeah, it's, it's a fun enough episode. It is. Good Pokemon it- interaction. As you say, having Dracovish and Surfetch play off each other. Not a friendship I saw working no well, one that's pretty good it is yeah i do i do like how uh these two pokemon interact and we get more of that in episode 14 taking two for the team which sees 15th placed ash take on 12th placed drasnit and like the only exposure i've had to drasnit is in x and y in the elite four and you don't really get a, a feeling for like what kind of trainer she is. She comes across very kind-hearted and caring, which I feel mm-hmm. is always um, a bit at odds compared to most dragon tra- trainers that you see in the games that are always quite like very hard and stoic. And uh, what I like about this is that Drasna has got that. She comes across as kind, uh, ki- kind and caring, but in battle she has her like. I don't want to say mean streak because she's not mean. She's competitive. She has a competitive side to the point where, like, Dresna comes to meet Ash before the battle, and you think, oh, she's all kind-hearted and kind-natured, but she's definitely sizing Ash up, isn't she? Yeah, she shakes his hand and crushes it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like, like, oh, okay, this isn't how I expected Dresna to be, but I, but they did, I they like did well it. of setting that up because, like, it was even in the previous episode at yeah. the very end. You see her going up against Wickstrom. Mm. And she just laughs, and I'm like, "That's you're a little bit psycho, aren't you?" Yes, yeah, she's <laughs> a little bit, isn't she? A little she, bit but... dark in there. Okay, 
which I quite like. So, and the, even the, Clement confirms. Apparently, Clement has fought her before and lost spectacularly, really? as we find out from Bonnie. Um, Why yeah. I missed that? Okay. Oh no, because Bonnie. Sit, so Bonnie, oh, and Clement are sitting in the crowd, mm-hmm. and obviously. Somebody mentions, "Oh, she she's so happy. She's such a lovely person." And Clement just turns around. And is like, "Yeah, that's what she wants you to think, <laughs> but not in battle." I and Bonnie's that. like, "Yeah, you would know that. She beat you like that, didn't you? Shut up! You're not supposed to say that." <laughs> I missed that. Uh, okay, I remember the I remember the reaction of of Clement. And so, before we jump into this, the fight, did you feel that there was a possibility Ash would lose or? Do you think... See, I knew you were going to ask me this question. I was thinking it the whole way through the fight. Um, Did I think Ash was going to lose? No. Did I think Ash deserved to win? No. No. Agreed. Yes, that's that's where I arrived at the end. I went into this battle thinking, okay, could I see Ash taking one final knock before he manages to make it into the top eight? And I I thought that I... I thought, okay, I don't think he'll lose, but I think there's a possibility that he barely edges through as a kind of, just to show the audience that, okay, Ashy's overall victory isn't guaranteed, he's still got to work for it. And I, I'm not sure if that's what they were going for in this episode, because, like like you said, if this wasn't Ash, Drasna would have won. Yeah. But because it's Ash, and he's the, he's the protagonist... He gets through by the by the skin of his teeth, and the like, thing is, it's not even you a, a usual Ash win where he pulls something no. just out of nowhere and outthinks or outsmarts or outplays. He just his Pokemon just refuse to go down. Which, yeah, yeah, f- fine. That's 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 a valid thing. Of you know, no, I will keep standing no matter what. But I just don't think they would have. I think he lost this fight really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree. So just to kind of set the scene, so the first fight is Surfetch versus Noivin, and Ash gets the first, um, the, not the first win, so to speak, but he's able to use Surfetch Shield to block an attack. But then Drasner just wipes the floor with Surfetch, uh, just countering using Boom Burst to say to remove its uh, leaking shield, like basically like surfetched how it doesn't lose that first fight i don't know ash recalls it rightly so because there's no way that surfetched is is getting through which does raise an interesting question actually that you know he he, he, it's not the first time that he's mentioned oh take a rest it's like well that's not how it works in the games like they're in the pokeball they're not resting like they don't come out with more energy which this episode kind of feels like surfetch comes in with like renewed vigor because it's had chance to to just like rest for a, a so little bit. So I'm under the impression, right? This is the theory that I have running. Okay. It doesn't work so much in the games because game mechanics. Mm-hmm. But within the lore, the Pokeball induces the shrunken state of Pokemon. Um, okay. Now, all Pokemon possess the ability to shrink, as we learned from Professor Lavington in uh, Hisui, uh, Legends Arceus. There it is. Uh-huh. Uh, so all Pokemon have the ability to shrink. We know that Pokemon shrink after we fight them. Uh, after they faint, they shrink. That's what they do. We hear about that in the Titan Pokemon. Uh, we we need to go and get the Herba Mystica before it comes back because they shrink down. And you can actually find the Titan Pokemon out in the wild afterwards at normal size. So what I think happens is to 
sort of regain health, Pokemon shrink themselves down as a as a defense mechanism to make themselves less easy to find. The Pokeball induces that state, so when they do return to the Pokeball, they do rest. They don't heal okay. up, but it, it allows them to rest. That makes sense. Okay, and I'm I'm on board. It does make sense because when they're in their Pokeballs, they're not like they're not like frozen, are they? They yeah. are. They're in there. Whatever the inside of that Pokeball is like, that's how it works. Um, so Ash sends out Dracovish, so the two Pokemon that he was training in the previous episode, and it's a, it's a standoff between Dracovish and Noivin. Both land a hit. So uh, Drasna recalls Noivin and sends out Altaria, and this is where we get Ash gets done a little bit dirty here because it for me like. This section of the fight almost implies that Ash hasn't trained his his Pokemon very well in terms of obedience. So Dracovish comes out and basically gets infatuated, but not because of Altaria using a move, just Altaria wiggles. And it goes back to what you were saying of Dracovish almost goes, ah, food. Like, it just sees something and, like, its primal instincts kick in. I guess. Yeah. Um, and Ash just has to think quickly and, and like snap Dracovish back in to use Ice Fang, which is countered with like another example of just Drasna just countering with Cotton Guard to increase its defense. And then Mega Evolves Altaria only for Ash to not realize that it's because it's a fairy type now. Dragon that- Rush won't have effect. Yes. Which it like there was just a couple of things there where I was like, like you say, Ash, Ash, probably on the balance of things, didn't deserve to get this win, and like to the point where I'm, I'm pretty sure is he Clement shouts like, like yeah, don't, don't do that, yeah, and Ash doesn't realize, and I'd like to, like they've painted Ash as a very, as a very competent trainer for the most part throughout the last three series, and this feels like. Either they've ignored, not undone it, but just ignored it. Yeah, I I can see what you what you're saying. I think the worst part is these two Pokemon were like displayed as being pretty weak in this battle. Yes, they get the win, but again, doesn't feel deserved because they just Dracovish. It just spends half the battle getting blown back, and yeah. it's constantly just scraping across the floor up against the wall where Ash is, stands up, runs back in again. Which again, if it was like played up as that's what's happening, I get knocked down, but I will always get back up. That's a fine story, but that's not the one they go with. No, so it's not. it just doesn't really work for me. It's a cool no. battle. There was nothing sp- particularly like outstanding with the animation. No, there wasn't. I-, I agree with you there. Yeah, it was pretty standard stuff. The, the Dragon couple- Pulse was kind of cool. Yes, it, it, not how I expected Dragon Pulse to look, but no, I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy how it's kind of almost like rainbow light that zigzags, and there's a dragon head almost at the end. Um, looks nothing like it does in the game, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them doing the doing their own thing. One highlight I think for for me that I did find quite funny is um, when Altaria basically uses its its fluff to. Just grab Dracovish, who is quite enjoying yeah, dying by uses play rough, play rough, and which... 
Yeah, Dracovich just looks like he's loving life. Yeah, death by snoo snoo. <laughs> Basically, he's, <laughs> he's just he's just like, if this is how I'm going to go, I'm quite happy about it. He's absolutely in love with this Altaria. It's um, just like, right, okay. And Ash, the, the way Ash deals with Altaria um, is, you know, anime logic that you can't do in the game. Although I've always wondered why there isn't a almost so-called wet mechanic in, in the game that... Ash is able to use Water Gun to drench Altaria, um, which is, you know, a good strategy in terms of Ash doing what Ash does, I guess. Um, but it doesn't feel like all the other times where he's where he's he's pulled out these, you know, quick thinking strategy of, oh, only Ash could think of that about the, the that. This one doesn't feel like it plays that much of a part. No, it's it's because he immediately follows up with the dragon rush that does yes, nothing. That's it. It's That'd it's like, well, okay, cool. You made it wet. Well done. Well done. Exactly. And I still maintain there should be some kind of mechanic like that in the games. Anyway. Well, you um, have soak. We do, but I want like, okay, the Pokemon's wet and therefore, you know, electric type moves will always connect or you get what I mean? Stuff like that. Something a little bit different. I don't um, know what you want. Thunder will always connect in the rain and soak makes you a water type. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's something that's more permanent? <laughs> so, um, so Ash recalls Dragovish, brings in uh, Surfetched, and this is where we get the more comedy from Dragovish and proof that these two are friends. That when he recalls Dragovish and Surfetched is sent out, Dragovish instantly comes back out with a Pokeball to the point where I honestly thought this was going to go down the route of. No, I'm Drasna not finished get- fighting. No, I thought it was going to go down the line of Drasna going, oh, okay, if you want to turn this into a double battle, let's do it. That could have been cool. Like, I I think I would have preferred that because then you could have seen these two Pokemon working together and almost a, you know, out in a one-on-one format, both of these Mons are outmatched by, by Drasna, but in a 2v2 format, their friendship and the bonds that they've built allow them to win yeah but yeah that- I, I i i think it would how do i say i think it would diminish the meaningfulness of the tournament agreed if you could just change things up on the fly like that agreed. and that's not to say i don't think that things are going to be changed up on the fly later on but there you are so another quick highlight is uh bonnie proposed basically proposing to drasner on behalf of uh her brother that's what the she very did. end is that what that's she does? What she, that just, that's what she does. She's like, I want you to look after my brother because you should marry him and <laughs> babysit him. Because Bonnie is under the idea that she looks after her brother and that she must find a decent replacement for herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I So overall, like, I, d- I don't want people thinking that I'm being overly negative on, the, on this episode because I did enjoy it. it. I always enjoy the battle episodes. It It's just... I don't know. It's almost like they they didn't fully plan this episode out in terms of, okay, let's make it... It almost feels like this is one of those episodes where it's out of continuity because things just don't... aren't exact... Like, characters just don't act like you'd expect them to. Yeah. It, it's the fact that they tried to do the... Uh, our main character's on the back foot and then it will turn it round through some way and then win. And the yeah. turning it around is supposed to be the two Pokemon coming out of their Pokeballs to support each other. But it just, it, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't, no. 
it doesn't feel like a big enough moment to turn the tide of this battle. There you go. Yeah, that that, that could have worked though if they'd have done it where you know you bring out Surfetched and and Drakovich doesn't come out straight away and Surfetched is literally on its last legs. It's uh, you know close to fainting and then it pops out and it starts to root it on. Maybe that's how you do it. I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, you there's lots of ways you could have done this and made it work. I don't think it was best directed episode. No, and again, the lack of really good animation in it, and as we say, some missed opportunities with the execution of the story. Definitely. Let's move on to episode 15, Reuniting for the First Time. So it's predominantly a Chloe episode. This is the episode that just infuriated the fan base. Is it? Yeah, because... Okay, okay. so for context, for you who did not watch X and Y, Serena is in love with Ash. Uh, so it's, it's yeah. not it's that's that's not a dubism that's not anything hidden that was very on the surface that is her character she is in love with ash and has been forever oh okay the last time they met yeah she kissed him and left on the no cheek, words were said no no she kissed him Ooh. and left on an escalator and they haven't seen each other since no words were exchanged that okay. was how they left that relationship okay they brought serena back and Ash sees her for all of 20 seconds. Yeah, the very end of the episode as well. So I knew I knew a little bit about that, and I knew that Serena was in the anime. I I honestly did come into this expecting it was going to be like um what's her face from Generation Dawn. 4 from Dawn. And I thought it was gonna be, you know, Ash meeting up with this person and, you know, just a running joke, I guess, of like, how many girls does Ash know? <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay knowing, like, girls, that's absolutely fine being friends with them, but it almost feels very much like, what, what's that saying? Like, ne- never meet your girlfriend, meet your ex, or your wife, meet your girlfriend. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Something like that. Like, that's where I thought this episode was going. So I was. No, never, never introduce your wife to your girlfriend. Babe. That's the Don't one. Do that. <laughs> no, never do that. So, like, I was actually okay with this just being, like, for me, this episode might have worked a lot better if if it was just Chloe's episode, yeah. Rather than like because the the whole premise is Ash and Go also like Go wants an Altaria after seeing one in a previous uh, in the in the previous episode in the battle, and Ash is also there and he stumbles across Wallace, and well, Wallace love- stumbles across him. <laughs> That's it, yeah, and like I love the fact that Ash just doesn't recall who they are. Which is then... interesting. Did Ash fight I... Juan then? I don't know, to be honest with you. But like we even get a bit more humor about it because he's able to instantly recall Stephen Stone's name, like off the bat, like really easily. Um and while Ash is battling Wally, which I, which I would have liked to have seen that battle, but I'm I'm glad that it wasn't a back-to-back battle episode but while ash is battling and once again like just oblivious to the fact that chloe is taking part in this competition which go is aware of go is watching this on on his on his phone um chloe's chloe because this whole episode is about chloe just once again not sure what her direction is like what she wants to do which is fine i like i'm quite enjoying the fact that chloe like does all these little things and tries all these things, but I think I would have preferred an episode of just Chloe. Yeah, 
I don't even mind it being Serena who is there. Yeah, I think yeah. if you'd removed Ash from it, because you're you're unfortunately as like a fan of this series, you're stuck with this feeling hanging over the entire episode of like, can can Ash and Serena meet, please? Because that's 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 the story I really want to go down here. Okay, like, uh, so Chloe is standing in the way of that. Wallace is standing in the way of that. Go is a nebulous part of this episode and isn't really needed here. No, and in agreed. fact, he winds me up when he's like, Ash, we really need to go. It's like you you leave him all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just go. What do you what do you care? You you don't <laughs> go watch Ash's stuff. And in fact, I got really annoyed at Ash because I'm like, you're supposed to be a good friend. I keep moaning about how everybody else is a bad friend to you for not showing up to your battles. But you know what? You're just as bad as everybody else. Screw you, Ash. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Anyway, uh, you can find out that... Um, oh, what's her name? What's the little idol called from Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire? The, the idol. The, the champion. The, not the champion, but the... Yeah. Lysia. Lysia. We get to yeah. find out that's Wallace's niece, which is information I never had. No, I didn't know that. That's cool information. Um... Chloe does her first contest. She gets to see the final evolution. Yeah, which we knew was coming. Um, the, the contest was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, the it, I enjoyed that. I, you know what? I did actually enjoy that watching it and seeing the Pokemon use moves in a non-competitive. I say non-competitive, non-battle competitive format. Um, I mean. Yeah, I really did enjoy that. I'm not quite sure. Is it Chloe's Eevee that's able to basically yeah. ride Fairy Wind using Tackle? I'm uh-huh. not quite sure how that works, but fine, whatever. It's all um, right. Pancham and Sylveon can ride a big fire ring. Yeah. So, mm. but I like it. It's really weird, actually, because like all the trainers are shown using one Pokemon, and yeah, except Serena, <laughs> Serena, who gets to use three, which obviously would create better effects because you have three pokemon to use moves so you can combine them in interesting ways and to be fair i enjoyed like the way they combine them of you know doing the fire circle and then casing it in ice and you know it what it, it was really cool and i did enjoy that and uh, when um licia turns up at the end and mega evolves and uses is it draco meteor what's that here oh. I'm trying yes. to remember now. Yeah, it Let's was, wasn't yes. it? And um, there was some really stunning like effects, and I I did enjoy it. I just wish we'd have maybe gotten the full episode of Chloe in the competition and just explaining, you know, explaining how it works, give us a bit of lore about the competitions, and you know, is it as big as you know competitive battling in in certain scenes and whatnot. I. Yeah, I, I I did enjoy this episode for what it was. I just I guess I wanted more more of the Chloe stuff. That's fair. I mean, it's kind of random how she gets thrown into the battle or into the contest anyway. It is, yeah. Just Lysia spies her out of nowhere. It's like, yes, you should join competitions. I'm going to endorse you now. Which, to be fair, right. is how it goes down in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. It is. I understand yes. that, but it was dumb then. It's dumb here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What one one highlight I did enjoy actually is Ash. Ash is able to beat Wally's. And like it, it's almost like we go back in time because we revert back to the gym challenge, which is like he literally gives him the rain badge and then has this hilarious like just starts talking about you. You direct, you can go anywhere from here. You've got the badge, like this is your journey. I'm like, wait, what? Like proper threw me, but I really enjoyed it. He does keep playing up though that I'm not just a gym leader. I am on the level of Stephen Stone. Yes. 
Yes. Which which is cool. That's a good throw in there. Because again, like Ash has now beaten Elite Four members. He's beaten a technical champion of Unova uh, with Iris. So he shouldn't be troubling himself with gym leaders anymore. No, he he really shouldn't. And Wallace is one of those people where, where like, as a kid, it always struck me as weird what... It, it, Wallace is a bloke, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it always struck me as weird what he was wearing. But you know what? Like, as He's I've gotten fabulous. older... Yeah, he is. Like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, you do you. Like, if that's what you love, like, dressing like, go for it. Because, like, you can pull it off. It obviously works. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit of it, a little bit of jealousy that he can pull off that, and I can't. I mean, I'm just going to say, I, I still don't, don't think he's as fabulous as Stephen Stone, but that's that's a preference thing. That is, that is definitely a pref- preference thing. Stephen Stone is just life in, in the Hoenn region. Um, overall, though, three good episodes. I did enjoy them. Yeah, I think watching these three back-to-back was definitely the way to do it. Yes. Good fun overall. Good trip definitely. to Kalos. Agreed, yes. Are you up for playing a game, Connie? Let's do it. Perfect. In front of me, Aria, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But Connor has to spot the fake entry. So up first this week is Froakie. Its mane of bubbles are surprisingly fragile. A single prod will cause them to pop. The second Pokedex entry, it secretes flexible bubbles from its chest and back. The bubbles reduce the damage it would otherwise take when attacked. And third and final entry, it, protect, it protects its skin by covering its body in delicate bubbles. Beneath its happy-go-lucky air, it keeps a watchful eye on its surroundings. Okay, so it stays under its bubble but keeps the focus. That sounds pretty accurate. Uh, the second one was reduced damage. What was the first one? They're fragile uh, and they the pop f- easy. Yeah. I don't think that's accurate. But I feel like the second one's one that you wrote. Um, Back to that 50-50 game. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm going to go with the first one. And you're going to tell me it's the second one, aren't you? I um, So you've guessed the first one. And I am afraid to tell you that it is the first one. Well done. Oh, okay. you, you did okay. it. You did it. Well done. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> entry. Uh, no, Pokemon number two. Entry one is Altaria. It looks like a fluffy cloud when it is in flight. It hums with its soprano voice. Entry number two. If you hear a beautiful melody trilling deep among mountains far from people, it is Altaria's humming. And the final Pokedex entry. Its cloud-like plumage are actually feathers. It catches up drafts to soar across the sky gracefully. I'm going to go with that third one just because I don't think you'd have come up with the word soprano. Not that you don't know the word soprano, but wouldn't have thought of it. Okay. It is, in fact, number three. Well done. Two for two so far. We're getting there. We're getting there. Is, is this it? Is, is, is this All to it? play for. All to play for. So, Pokemon number three is Sylveon. Its ribbon-like feelers give off an aura that weakens hostility in its prey, causing yeah, them to true. let down their guard. Then it attacks. Oh, yeah, okay. Entry number two. With just a glance from this Pokemon, trainers will succumb to its calming aura. And entry number uh, three. By releasing Enmity? En- How do you pronounce that? E-N-M-I-T-Y. Enmity? Enmity? By releasing Enmity erasing waves from its ribbon-like feelers, Sylveon stops any conflict. So we'll go with the second one then. Are you sure? I guess. Okay. I'm afraid to tell you 
that you have homework between this and Yay! next week as you have got all three <laughs> right this week and therefore uh, you will be testing me oh it feels week. good it's been so long <laughs> well done well done you did you did really well there i almost Look, i almost guessed myself out of it on the first one you did but no you got there in the end that's what that's what we like to see we love to see an underdog coming coming away with the spoils you've won absolutely nothing but <laughs> glory I've won i guess bragging rights You're bragging rights for a week so let's move on to comments and questions um usual usual writer in it tony says uh, what's your favorite movie franchise or trilogy and why uh for me it's probably going to be the alien franchise mostly for the first two to be fair um i it's actually one of those things where i will ask people whether they prefer alien or aliens and we'll make a judgment on their character based on that but we I'm all know alien a- we all know alien versus predators the best one right go to Go to go home. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just love that franchise. I think there's a lot to like in it. I think once they moved on to what was it, Prometheus and Alien yes. Covenant. I actually still haven't watched Alien Covenant because I was so put off by Prometheus. Mm. Um, some of them are very schlocky. I think three has good elements of it. I don't think it's overall a good movie, but. It's it's a great director's first attempt at movies, and he's gone on to do better stuff. And the fourth one is just batshit. <laughs> really? Is that the one where the kid dies at the start after being saved in the third one? No, that's in the third one. Oh, okay, that's in the right. third one where they just kill the kid and the cat immediately. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, no. The fourth okay. one is where Ripley dies, and then they resurrect her, but she's also part queen. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. You could tell they were kind of running out of ideas. And well, no, that that's probably unfair. Like, like there is probably a good story there, but like, it's just one of those things where I think at the time it was like, okay, just keep pumping out sequels. Yeah, they'd, and, they'd lost track of the like horror that it was. Yes, but I, I I still think they've all got something good in them. So even like Prometheus, I think as an alien film doesn't work. But if it wasn't, if it had no connection to to the alien law, I maintain it could have been a really good film. Uh, it makes very little sense. I agree. Yeah, it 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 would need some working. But I almost feel like they were constrained with okay, so it's set in this universe, but we don't want it to be an alien film. So how do we get around it? Like it should have just should have just been something completely disconnected from that universe. But yeah. Um, my favorite movie franchise or trilogy. It 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 differs, to be quite honest with you. In the past, it has been you know Star Wars. It has been Marvel. It has been The Matrix. Like I just Lord of the Rings. I just jump between things depending on you know what I'm currently enjoying, I guess. And like so many things where like some franchises go on for a bit too long um star wars is is one of them where you know really enjoyed star wars and then the sequel trilogy came out i was like what what is this what has happened uh and they just kind of put you off it but in terms of like favorite franchise there's a reason the marvel series has been going on for so long um say what you want about phase four but like the the, the way that they kind of all it was almost like a trilogy of films 
but it wasn't just three films. Like you had phase one, phase two, phase three, and it's n- nothing like that has ever been done before. And there's a reason why it's held in such you know high regard. Um, I'm trying to think of one that isn't like, oh, he likes Marvel. Everyone likes. I'm trying to think of one that isn't like common or obvious. But I can, nothing's coming to my mind, unfortunately, at the moment. That's fair. Well, you're allowed to like what other people like. That's why other oh, people yeah. like them because they're good. Exactly. Exactly. For for good reason. If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrobpod at gmail.com, or by leaving it on our Discord channel. Oh, or by using the hashtag goldenrobpod on Twitter. Connor, what have you got coming up? So I am currently working on a video essay about uh, character analysis of the main rivals slash companions of Scarlet and Violet and working out why people like them especially focusing initially on Nimona, possibly the only good friendly rival yeah i can understand that I, I, like yeah to be fair like there's a lot of similarities between scarlet and violet and x and y in terms of you know you meet these people early on and then you just kind of meet up with them every now and again but x and y at the time, for me, didn't work until I think it was you that pointed out, like, don't view them as rivals, view them as traveling companions, which changed mm. my view on them. Um, but in, in Scarlet and Violet, like, yeah, they, they did really well with these characters. And I can't help but feel that part of it is because they, unlike X and Y, these characters have a backstory that gets fleshed out. Yeah, they they are... As I say, we've we talked about X and Y before. There's the dancing one, the nerdy one, the battly one, and the yeah. one who fancies you. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's that's it. That is the extent of their motivation and character. Like it's it's quite disappointing, really. Um, in terms of what I've got coming up, uh, finished the audio for the cycles are in the video, which has taken me way longer than I wanted to, but it makes between busy personal life and being unwell has meant that I haven't really managed to get around to it uh, until now. Uh, we Ooh, do need to. What you should check out, though. Yes, th- is this the ESP share. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell. Do you want to tell them about it? Uh, we have released a new series uh, called EXP Share where we have a look at Pokemon spin-off games and review them. It's much shorter than our usual podcasts, about 15 minutes long. Well, we're checking out. The first episode is on Pokemon Pinball. It is, and that comes out as a recording this the the tomorrow. But if you if you're listening to this on any day after, <laughs> it'll be on the YouTube channel. Are we just doing this on YouTube or are we also doing it on I hadn't thought that far ahead. No, I think we just keep it for YouTube for now. Yeah? There you go. So if you are listening as a podcast, there is more content over on the YouTube channel. There you go. Come along and watch that. It is quite fun to hear our thoughts on a game that is over 20 years old and whether or not it holds up. And that's the show for... Go on, sorry. No, that was it. I was saying that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel, Captain Fidget, or on Twitter, at CapFidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. As for the Golden Rob Podcast, you can find us on the usual platforms. Search for Golden Rob Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! See ya!